Kiki ma ma ma. Welcome to the Cult Film Showdown's ultimate episode. Uh, this is the final episode of Masters of Horror. It's not the last episode for Cult Film Showdown, uh, but we'll get to that later. The the short version of that is we don't know what comes next. Uh, we are going through the 2005 to 2007 series Masters of Horror, and uh, we're on the last episode of the series. Uh, this has been a wonderful journey going through the 26 episodes of this series. Uh, you can hear the hounds of hell uh, in the background there. And uh, I was wondering what the hell that was. <laughs> it's my neighbors having a fight with their dog. We can just wait. They're taking her out. Taking it uh, permanently. You mean they're killing your neighbor and taking it out? <laughs> All right. I apologize. They're gone. That's all right. Um, I, I may just leave all that. Uh, <laughs> leave us yeah. that. Uh, all right. So the episode we're talking about now is Dream Cruise, uh, season two, episode thirteen, uh, the twenty-sixth episode of the entire series, uh, aired in February of two thousand seven as the uh, final of this series, and. This has been a fantastic journey, and I've been so blessed to have along for this ride. Nick Boxer. It's been great. Konnichiwa to to offend anybody who's not going to be offended by uh, our next guest. <laughs> who's going to mispronounce everything as, as well. And Jack Hall. Uh, you know, I think your Kiki impregnated my mama mama. And saving that one, and, and then the dogs got in the way. Dream Cruise. Dream Cruise. Jack, who are our masters for this uh, final go? Our master, plural, uh, is Noro Saruta. Um, Norio Saruta, uh, Japanese film director. Um, started his career in 85 with his first film, but uh, really began working prominently in the early 90s, has worked steadily since, um, largely steadily since, um, in pretty much exclusively in horror. I don't know if you'd say he's the preeminent uh, Japanese horror filmmaker, but uh, but he has several, you know, um, uh, credits and he also did co-write this film oh, this film and I, I do mean film this time because the this episode Dream Cruise was originally shot as a a 90 minute film and edited down to the 60 minute uh, runtime for Masters of Horror uh, which is the version we all watched together um, and uh, once this is far enough from my mind I'm definitely going to go back and watch the 90 minute version but uh, uh, yes uh, Naruto Saruta, um, Premonition, another one of his horror films, as probably his, his most, uh, let's say, uh, well thought of. Uh, Ringo, one of the uh, Ring sequels, uh, prequel technically, um, oh. to the Ring in the Ring franchise. Um, a couple and or a couple uh, adaptations of manga um, that he's done, Orochi Blood. Uh, so yeah in a Sama game, uh, you know. And again, I do know I am probably pronouncing most things wrong, though I do think Norito, Nor Norio, 
Suruta. I do think that is the correct pronunciation of the gentleman's actual name. Now, Nick. Oh, I suppose I should give you a brief rundown of the story. Yeah. Um, this one's fairly straightforward. Um, our our hero seems to be a lawyer, um, accountant-type business dude is probably the best way to describe him, who is invited to go on a cruise with his most important client and the wife wife of that client who he is also coincidentally having an affair with. Um, this business, business dealing seemed to be very important to get done. Um, but once they're out on the ship, uh, our, the client seems to know more about the affair than he originally left uh, let on. It also turns out that that same client may have killed his uh, ex-wife in order to marry his current, young, much younger wife. Um, but once they get out to sea, um, you know, ghosts start haunting them and, uh, you know, showing up on deck and almost killing people and sometimes killing people and spooky stuff happens and water starts flowing in everywhere. Um, this is just an awesome type ghost story. I didn't think there was anything really terribly surprising that happened. Um, but it was a well-constructed traditional type ghost story. The Japanese twist. Because the Japanese presence of the Japanese style of filmmaking, style of horror is definitely there. But uh, I agree, this is like a high quality um, episode. And, which is like I say, why I want to go back and see the 90 minute one. See, because uh, it, it's really actually paced really well at 60 minutes. And I imagine it's probably more characterization and leading into the boat. Because they do get to the boat pretty quick where all the action happens. And from there, it's pretty much nonstop. But uh, this is a really good uh, episode and really good way for them to go out um, as far as, you know, delivering uh, one of the better episodes of the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I had some problems with it, actually. Okay. Um, at no time does anyone in this thing behave rationally. Which on a whole horror movies you don't typically, but you got people locking uh, locking themselves in rooms after almost getting drowned in another locked room. Um, you have people jumping in the ocean where there's no other boats trying to escape the ghosts. Yet you're in the middle of the ocean. Are you trying to live or are you just trying not to die by ghosts? Um, well, you mean they're jumping in the ocean. When the place, when the bomb, or when the place explodes, so they jump into it because it's fire. Yeah, they seem so happy or, after they think they've got away from the ghost, though. Like you're gonna drown, you know that, right? I I think at that point it's like uh you know an old saying like if you uh, if you're falling off a cliff, you might as well learn. Hey, you might as well try to fly. Um, I mean, it, it's you're just doing a like a. Do you want to get? punched in the face or the gut kind of decision there. Like, do you stay with the ghost that you know is going to kill you? Or do you go into the water where you're pretty sure it's going to kill you? Um, oh, no. It was actually <laughs> yeah, same thing. But like, you're, you're locking your... 
you're locking yourself in a room. Well, you got locked in the bathroom. Or you're in a room earlier that you you get locked later on in a room. But your other option is to be beheaded by the crazy guy. <laughs> like, like I don't think this is irrational behavior in the moment. The only thing there's some irrational behavior of the lead character, um, but most of the time, uh, I, I think that it's like they're forced to react to in the moment. And not think long term, and uh, you know, <laughs> can't really blame him for that. It's uh, I I will agree with the uh, with uh, what you're saying, Jack. That it it moves to the boat really quickly, um, uh, so quick that I I didn't really put it together until they were on the boat for a few minutes that it was his new wife. Uh, I initially thought it was his daughter because of the gigantic age difference. Uh, I thought but, uh, when he was spying on them early on uh, and getting angry that it was pretty clear it was his wife. Uh, no, but I thought they, he just you're didn't, right. They didn't he, make it. They didn't make it explicit. I thought he they just did not until they got in the boat. I mean, this is a Westerner who's lived in Japan for a few years and has never bothered to learn the language. Um, so I, I just assumed he didn't like that. The reading I got was that he didn't approve of the relationship. He said. He so. said that he he speaks it, but it's it's terrible. Yes, he's yeah. he didn't say he didn't learn <laughs> it at all. I mean, look, this is the same man who uh, you know uh, um, da Daniel John Gillies is married to Rochelle Lee Cook in real life. It's good enough for her. I think he should be good enough for any uh, you know buddy <laughs> else's daughter as well. I it, it that's fair. I mean, I've I I'm familiar with her work, and I'm I'm assured that she is all that. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. What a pussycat. I think they did a good job, but not a perfect job of the, like that lock, the locked room. Because there, there are other horror films like this where they end up on a, uh, they end up on a boat, and a boat is like as as Nick was saying, it's an incredibly dangerous thing because, like, it's you know, frying pan into the fire. To add another cliche to mine. Uh, that is like there's you know there's nowhere you can run uh there's no one coming to help you um you are just stuck in this situation that is like profoundly bad i mean if you're running from a ghost there's there's no nothing you can do period so i don't know <laughs> that's true i think we've learned from the grudge that no matter where you go that ghost's going to find you yeah Although this ghost seems to seems to have a circumference, like there does, like they they do find an edge to the uh, the ghost's influence. Well, it's the ghost of his of his wife that he killed, and mm -hmm. he has is taking them. Now this is the one where I thought somebody acted strangely. He killed his wife with no real thought of how to make it seem like he's not the murderer. And yet yeah. the police could find no clues leading to the <laughs> obvious murder of his wife at sea. It Things like the Robert blood Europe. that was everywhere. You know, I mean, he would be, theoretically, he would be the number one suspect for the police since they go out in the boat together and only he comes back. And they may check for murder. He says, of course, it's an accident. You'd think they would check for murder, though. And find, I don't know, the blood. Yeah, sure, he cleaned it. It's blood. They have ways <laughs> of seeing that, even after it's being cleaned. 
So this is the one where I thought that was the stretch. But the idea is he's taking them out now. He's going to kill his new wife and his and the, the the husband for cheating on him, um, and and throw them into the where he anchors essentially in the same area as where he was previously had killed his wife. So this is why his wife is within this area, um, this yeah. circumference haunting them. It's like his good luck killing people spot. Um, he's been, I mean, if you, if you got away with one murder, like you gotta, you gotta believe that, uh, you know, luck had something to do with it. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like he was just rich enough to get away with it. Um, but, uh, like, you know, you went out, you went out sailing, uh, your, uh, your wife who, uh, there really is no other explanation. Um, she she falls overboard, and uh, your chick on the side is uh, you know waits a reasonable amount of time before you get remarried. Um, you know who's to say otherwise? <laughs> I never thought of lucky killing spot as a, <laughs> as a thing, but you're right. You're right. <laughs> Does he take them there, or does does the ghost lead them there? Oh, he definitely takes them there. Yeah, he, he definitely does. And then he's killed by the ghost, who then possesses him to kill. Because he's also upset at the mm-hmm. wife, because the wife, um, the ghost is also upset with the wife, yeah. and, and now the uh, now the main character is just in the way. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's the poor motivation for like. There's no motivation for killing him. Um, if anything, he was making her uh, her husband ex not ex husband uh, her her widower husband uh, you know his life miserable. So like leaving them as they were was probably <laughs> some decent punishment. But she also wanted to get it back at the at the other woman. Yeah, and she's crazy. I mean, the, the yeah, I mean, she's, she's like crazy. Ghost. I mean, that's kind of. And she's a ghost. She's ghost crazy. She's a Japanese ghost too. Like there is that like single mindedness to uh, to the ghost stories I've seen from Japan. Uh, like they're kind of monotasking. <laughs> they have a wide variety of motivations. It's just the one thing. <laughs> this is true. What else do we say about this thing? The uh, visuals were gorgeous. Oh yeah, definitely. Shot beautifully. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's one thing I thought this entire Masters or there isn't that much um, beauty in any of the special effects, but this one really upped it in that category. Yeah, they do. They do really well um, framing things so that you get the claustrophobia of inside the boat. And you get the like emptiness of the ocean around them. Um, like you really get a feel for like it feels like they're really at, like, you know. Far from land, you know. You could go any direction uh, by accident and be lost kind of spot. Um, like there's no I never got the feeling that they're in a pool somewhere or that they're, um, you know, anchored at a dock and just shooting one direction. The acting also, I think, was really good. Rio um, Ishibusha, 
Ishibashi, Ishibashi probably. Ishibashi, he he plays the that the spurned husband murderer. Um, you know, uh, I thought he was just great. I thought he was he just came across like such a bastard. He's he was in the Grudge one and two. I think he was the police officer. Um, oh yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's you know, I, I think he's a really good actor, and uh, I thought I I enjoyed. I enjoyed his performance. Yes, it's a little over the top, but again, it's kind of what this style of of horror needs. Yeah, it's it, he gives a very intense performance. Like he's uh, like it's deeper than anger. Like he really like he's already had a precedent of killing his wife, his first wife, because he was just kind of annoyed with her. Um, like he needed her out of the way, and she was a pain. Um, but yeah, like just. It's more rage than anger, uh, and he really does. He captures that really well. I love the Grudge. Grudge is like the scariest movie I ever saw in the theater. The Grudge is literally probably the last film that actually scared me. Mm. You know, like when I got to be an adult, films stopped being scary. Mm. The Grudge was like, whoa, okay, that, yeah, that was. A scary film. <laughs> when did that happen? And I'm talking the American version. Uh, when I saw that. Yeah, that's what I was, oh, I'm talking about. Yeah, American one. Uh, 2004. No, I meant when did he become an adult? Well, I never matured, but I became an adult chronologically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he identifies as an adult. I've been identifying as an adult since I was adult. Yeah. I mean, really, it was the difference between getting beer or not. So. Um, so I mean, yeah. I mean, I still buy action figures if that's what you're talking about. But <laughs> I can also vote. All right then. I, I kind of so, feel well. Yeah. Well, so that's about all we can say about this. Yeah. No nudity. Finished no at two point five. That's Nick is the yeah. winner. Nick wins. Um, um, yeah. But we speaking of nudity, but... we were all together, like I said, when we watched this, and uh, real quick. Uh, we watched something else that I'm not going to let go un- untouched. Uh, <laughs> we're at it. Uh, consider this bonus material before we decide what we're doing next season, if we do, which we may not. Uh, we saw The Mothers. Uh, the Mothers. <laughs> not at A-S. It's M-U-T-H-E-R-S. Uh, on Shudder. Uh, it's hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, the great Joe Bob Briggs. And uh, that had the nudity we needed. In fact, I like that that we're watching it and, and everyone's thinking, it's a woman in, fil- in prison film. At this point, we should have had nudity. We didn't. So you go to chase, um, you know, because we had all gotten together at the gold-encrusted Castle Cata. Um, <laughs> you know, James's place there, James. And, uh, and you went to go chase your cat and came back going, did I miss the shower scene? I'm like it's okay. I'll watch it again. So, um, <laughs> the mothers <laughs> d- directed by, you know, the the great uh, Filipino di- schlock director uh, Ciro Santiago. Is it Sino or Sino? C- Sino C- is it? Sirio uh, Santiago. Sirio Santiago. Is it an R? It's, okay, I thought it was Sino Santiago, uh, but Sirio no, Santiago. Yeah. Okay. Legend. Legend. Uh, Serio, legend. Yes. Uh, Serio Santiago, uh, who 
we have, of course, done films from before, and we will talk about films from again yeah. uh, at some point in the future, I'm sure, because, uh, yeah, no, this was, um, this was, uh, uh, I think, I think when I was over with us, I said, we need to talk about this film because we, we, we watched it, and, and Nick properly stated, no, we didn't watch it. We watched the hell out of it. And... <laughs> It's something else. Uh, it's just four Playboy uh, models, uh, you know, prison, uh, martial arts, and awesomeness. Um, no, this film never met a genre I didn't like. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yeah, I was. it's a real showpiece of Serio, uh, because, uh, yeah... I, 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 yeah, I'd explained it to my, uh, to my wife, Lacey, that it was a, uh, I like, it's a, it's about pirates who, uh, take on a spy mission at a prison camp <laughs> to free, uh, a, a captured, a captured girl who, uh, was taken in, uh, white slavery. Um, and, and they spend a lot of time, uh, picking coffee. Yeah, they, they, and, they, and coconuts. Pirates, don't, talk the, don't talk about the coconuts. These enough. pirates are <laughs> these pirates. That's a good point. These pirates are um, brought in to pick. Um, they think they're coming, you know, because it's usually the case when you uh, capture someone in white slavery, um, even though none of the main characters are white. Um, <laughs> we capture somebody in white slavery. Um, usually, it is to pick coffee. That's that's the number one. I think number one reason for white slavery, but um, they did say they, they were go sending in to off the more just... attractive ladies <laughs> into some sort of sex ring as well. Maybe. I mean, the point is though, you're picking coffee, and there is no escape. If you escape into the jungles, they will find you and keep going till they get you. And and because because the the reason they go in and they agree, the pirates agree to go in on a spy mission for the government. Um, the reason is because the lead pirate's sister has been captured and is is now in there. And they get in there and they see her right away and she's being let off. And you assume she's being let off into the sex slave. Then you find out she escaped. Then you find out she's dead. This all happens in about three minutes. And, uh, <laughs> and it's all off screen. <laughs> and it's all off screen. And then... And then, and then they spend the rest of the time uh, in no way bringing it up ever again that you were there to rescue somebody who died. And <laughs> well, and, the, and they're, they're not at all important. Their spy contact who's supposed to get them out dies almost immediately. Like yes. they're there for about a, they're there for about like an afternoon, and then he like turns up, has a bad cover story, and they kill him. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then it just becomes about these women trying to escape and boy and the interpersonal relationships between them, mm-hmm. you know, that are supposed to, you know, um, pull at your heartstrings. But you're too busy looking at the incredible, uh, you know, martial arts that these women don't know. That, <laughs> that There's a reason why Quentin Chainer Tarantino wrote about this film. So why is this cruddy little flick one of my favorite movies? It's the playful execution of a preposterous story that's the key to the film's charm. And I think that sums it up very well. Mm. 
I mean, that it starts with it's a pirate film is just so weird from the very beginning. <laughs> they're, they're pirate revolutionaries too, right? Yes, they're pirates. <laughs> they steal from the rich to give to the um, crippled. Oh, uh, that's right. They, they have, yeah, they're pirates. The as I think, I believe that's how it's put in the film. Yeah. That they're stealing from the rich to give to the crippled in this case. Um, as as yeah. as they... The handicap, maybe would probably say now, but in the film, I believe that's what I was referred to. Um, I, I'm sorry, you you did mention that these girls don't know martial art, uh, martial arts, but I will say the action scenes are spectacular in this because one of them does know some sort of gymnastics. Mm. Um, so the, I, the, I mean, the fights are entertaining because there's people jumping around. I've seen movies with bad martial arts and i mean the martial arts in this aren't good but at least they're entertaining they're not good oh they're entertaining they're damned entertaining yeah. no the gunfights also are entertaining not that's something that that happens in this movie no no but this is something that santiago always uh, always excels at is, is firefight is a gunfight you know big firefight oh, yeah. scene uh, and and this has several of those and several of people jumping in the air from explosions for no reason and all sorts of fun stuff like it, it's it's a blast it's a blast and the main bad guy is spectacular I loved him <laughs> I wanted to hang out with him on the weekends he was so great uh, Tony uh, Carrion <laughs> or no that, uh, John Montgomery is Turco. Was the only it John thing Montgomery is Turco, or was it Tony Carrion as Monte uh, Monte Which one was it? Uh, I can't. Uh, well, I think Turco was the main bad guy, wasn't he? Like, like the main, head, the, the main the main heavy, guy. the main heavy is what I was thinking. Yeah, John Montgomery. Yeah, Turco. The only thing this didn't have was uh, Vic Diaz. That's uh, it. Would have made it perfect. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. If, if Vic did I'm almost every had other. Yeah, I could have had that too. Like a longer shower scene. Um, yeah, I mean, have, it was really Jane Bell that was naked a couple times for no reason. Yeah. And, the, and they're fantastic. But uh, the others wouldn't go on. She was the only one who had been a Playboy model at the time. I think this film was made. And, well, maybe Rosa and Catton had been already. No, I, th uh, I think you're right that the other two were um, after model, models after. Because, uh, yeah, one of them wasn't uh, a model until quite a while after it was like 82 or something like that it was uh it yeah. was connected Jane to, Kennedy. yeah it was connected to a movie she had not like a movie she had done so it was she wasn't a playmate either she was uh like a one of those layout features that they did with you know actual celebrities um, yeah back when they do that back before you know it was ruined by uh James Plato <laughs> You know, I, I would have thought that the Lindsay Lohan was jumping the shark. Um. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, Lindsay Lohan was the nail of the coffin. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, 10 years after anyone wanted to see Lindsay Lohan nude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was such a great movie. I, actually, I'm... I'm as we were talking, I was getting it a little mixed up. I had to go back and review because it made me watch 
like four other women in prison movies from around the same time. Uh, so like a like a triple bill with Pam Greer. Um. Nice. Nice. And you had a bunch of Playboys to look up online. That's right. I, I did find the Playboy issues and uh, uh, Jeannie Bells is the one that's worth uh, worth pulling up. Yeah, I, I believe it. She oh, is what, the, a, what a different the phrase there. <laughs> The one worth uh, seeking out is what I wanted to say there. <laughs> oh, you said what you meant. <laughs> uh, pulling out, huh? Yeah, you should whip that issue out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be beat. Um, uh, <laughs> well, we, uh, we, we've reached the end of the, the Masters of Horror. Uh, we have talked about... Uh, several ideas of uh, uh, what we want to do next. Uh, we'll probably take a little break as we uh, d- make decisions. Oh, we took a little break to do these. Yeah, this was this was itself a break, so we'll take we'll pause we'll pause in the middle of this break. Uh, <laughs> we've got a few we've got a few ideas. Uh, we may uh, we may try something totally different. Uh, you just never know with us. Uh, and uh i mean we could i i had pitched uh a while back that we could do a serial santiago um uh i i pitched it as as a season but uh like it could have just been uh we did do i think we had just done uh a season from the philippines so you know we had already covered like five of his films there uh no that was that was me uh gaming the system <laughs> so that i had pitched a serious santiago and no one wanted to do it so i just made it about the philippines and used the same movies i would have before uh, <laughs> 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 uh Hilarious. Like, hey, movies about the philippines yeah that's like movies shot in the philippines there were so many great ones in the 70s and 80s i'm right i'm like right they were all by serious santiago so let's go uh, <laughs> Uh, perfect. Perfect. Right, well, let's, what let's are the nine options? Let's just let's just go through quickly. What are the nine options? Well, we had, uh, yeah, I, I I think I caught everything in the way we had on our short list. I had just eliminated. Uh, I think we had gotten to ten, but I just cut off the uh, the Boris Karloff anthology that is just too way too hard to find, unfortunately. Uh, so no one would be able to watch along with us, which I think is probably a factor to our decisions in the end. Uh, so the ones that I have on the list here are uh, Freddy's Nightmares, uh, 1988, Freddy uh, Freddy Krueger anthology, uh, Nightmare Cafe, 1992, which is uh, Robert Englund, uh, so similar structure, uh, Masters of Science Fiction, which is the um, kind of the, the the cousin, the younger cousin of uh, Masters of Horror, as a lot of the same people went on to do that. Uh, on network. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, there was a ton of those, so there's a few way, different ways to um, to make that one um, a thing. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, 1983. Uh, Hammer House of Horror, which was Hammer's um, foray into TV as their uh, light was fading, 1980. Uh, American Gothic, which is not an anthology, but uh, was a a really remarkable horror series from the mid '90s um, that uh, ran for one season and does have a defined beginning and end. 
uh, and a fantastic cast. Uh, Fear Itself, 2008, and uh, we'd also looked at Night Gallery uh, from the 60s, the other series from Rod Serling in the, from the 1960s. I don't think we got a loser in that bunch. I think everywhere we go is, is I, I, I mean, not a lot of nudity coming out of those. Um, so that is, you know. Really only a couple. Say, I, yeah, Hammer has some yeah. and Tales from the Crypt uh, is probably the one that would have the most. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, again, it would be a full season without nudity. But uh, on the other hand, some really good stuff. Do you think for a full season you can get your nudity somewhere else there, Nick? <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure I'm sure the Internet may have some out there. I'll I'll have to look. I think. Maybe yeah, I think it's pretty hard to find nudity on the internet. I I've actually turned around on this the last time we briefly discussed this. I was dead set against uh, masters of uh, science fiction, but I think I'm leaning that way now. Um, get some some different types of uh, programming uh, to watch. Yeah, yeah, we didn't look at too much outside of the horror and. And Masters of Science Fiction actually was only six episodes, so that's a that's a pretty short run if we wanted to mm-hmm. to do that one up. Because as much as I actually do want to go and revisit uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, desperately, um, that's a long run to commit to. Yeah, I think well, you that's could... it. We would do a season. We probably what we would probably do is one season from the original series and maybe one season from one of the re- revivals. You yeah, because there's I been a, what two or three revivals, something like that. I, I, I mean, I was looking at the '89 to '96 run, which is a lot of episodes. But, um, but if you look at if we were to use the Masters of Horrors lens, uh, like there's four episodes by Russell McCahey, three by Robert Zemeckis, three by Richard Donner, uh, three by Tom Holland. Uh, so you could Masters of Horror that one uh, and pull out some really cool stuff. Um, so instead of going in any kind of episode order, going in an order, like putting them together as like specific directors that we would chase down. You know, there was a Tales from the Crypt, if I remember correctly, um, Saturday morning cartoon. I believe you're right. Uh, that would be, I, I don't know <laughs> if I could do a full season, but just watching one would be a spectacular. I, I have it on DVD. <laughs> Is it as spectacular as I think it would be? Oh, it's terrible. It actually came in a cereal box or something. <laughs> and, and what was the other one that was... Uh, there was another science fiction one that HBO did that was similar. Um, Just adds more perversions than... Of, you know. Perversions of science? Is that the one you're talking about? Maybe. Probably. Is it HBO? Uh, excellent question. Yes, it is. Uh, So there you go. Perversions of science fiction? Perversions Perversions of science. science. Yeah, perversions of science. Okay, so that's seriously, that's got to go on the list because anytime you start with the word perversions. Yeah, that's solid, yeah. Or we could get something newer like uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I'd have to have, oh, I'd have, have on. The first episode has a pig fucker. I'd have to have Netflix for that, wouldn't I? It feels um, a little it, it just feels a little like treaded. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like um 
as uh, doesn't feel as us to be honest. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Or you know, sampler. There's always the sampler option. There is just to do once one episode. One episode from every one of these would be. Now that we're up to with uh, perversions of science and tales from the what was it the the cartoon. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I can't find it. Uh, I can't put my finger to it. Tales of the Crypt Keeper or something like that, right? Okay, that, uh, yeah, Nick says he has the D. So if we put, now we're up to 12, that's the full season if we just do one episode from one, of uh, one from everything we mentioned. Except yeah. that that doesn't really work unless you do the pilot, I suppose, of American Gothic. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, the pilot movie was, has, like it's pretty self-contained. Tales from the Crypt Keeper is the name of the animated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that is three it HBO? Is it was it three seasons? What's what? what three seasons. Was it yeah. Syndicated uh, or was it? No. Uh, ABC was seasons one and two, and then CBS was season three. Wow! Way yeah. to take a series that is so not for kids and turn it into an ABC Saturday morning cartoon. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, we did, they did that a lot in the '80s, but not into the, not as much into the '90s. I mean, I mean, the '80s had Rambo on Saturday morning, <laughs> which this was insane. Dark the Crusaders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talks oh yeah. I'm, oh. I'm still not old oh. enough to talk Crusader. <laughs> um, to tell you the truth, I'm starting to lean towards one episode of each one of these cartoons that we should never have watched. Uh, <laughs> never have seen that they shouldn't have put in this cart. One episode of Toxic Crusaders, one episode of Tales from the Crypt Creeper, one episode of Rambo. I mean, that's a season right there, too. I mean, that's that's some good stuff right there. Uh, yeah. Chuck Norris's Karate yeah. Commandos. <laughs> I count that. Maybe. Maybe. Well, he, he, was, he was still doing R-rated action, I think, when those came out. Uh, yeah. But I'd have to look at the exact chronology. But I believe he was still doing R-rated action. Okay. Um, that was kind of the that was kind of the crossover when he started being a family brand as opposed to a action hero, like an R, like a that kind of action hero. But yeah, I think I, th I think there's the enough yeah. on on uh, what would we call it R-rated movies. Was there a Terminator? Was there a RoboCop? I think there was a RoboCop. It was a RoboCop. Yeah, it was for sure. There was a RoboCop. Um, like there wasn't a Terminator though, and there wasn't, yeah, but yeah, Robocop for sure. That's tremendous. Okay, because Robocop is one of the most violent movies. <laughs> it is. The, the first one is just so, it's it's so purposely over the top. Um, like he just wanted to make it so like cartoonishly violent and then they made a cartoon. <laughs> Well, we'll keep talking, but that's on. I I think that there's a uh, there, and maybe a couple of short runs would be good after twenty six episodes of the same thing. Yeah, that's true, and 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 some of these are like half hour things also, which uh, maybe is uh, you know uh, consideration too. That's that's easy because you know, I mean, yeah, it's just easy. It's that twenty yeah. minutes long, you know, yeah. for like some of these things. So what we'll do is uh, bef just before we uh, we get into whatever we decide on, we'll put up a uh, 
a short podcast and video on our channels to uh, to announce what it is because we really like it when people watch the episodes uh, in advance uh, and can laugh along with us. So this is the end of Masters of Horror. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Jack, for coming along on this ride. And uh, we can be found on YouTube and Instagram as the Cult Film Showdown, also Patreon. Uh, support whatever the heck we do next and we eh, we are sponsored by wetalkpodcast.com the home of the octagon uh, where we chronicle our search for the ultimate b movie and uh, we talk podcasts has a facebook and they have a twitter <laughs>